Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. And this week we have on... (laughs) Okay. See, we're already laughing thinking about robots. So this week we have on my dear friend, Johnny, to talk about Gundam, which is a topic with quite a wide history and wide media reach. But more importantly, we need to take this time to (laughs) talk about what I was introduced to at the end of this conversation, which was all of the very bizarre and absurd Gundams that exist in the world, apparently. Yeah, and you can really start with any of them and they will lead you to the others. Like a bizarre trail of breadcrumbs. Most of them are from G Gundam, which we do discuss in the episode. I think you could start with, uh, should we start with Tequila Gundam? I think that's that one will definitely come up if you Google Tequila Gundam. Yeah, that one is a good one. Mermaid Gundam is, yeah. a, is a close second. Hard to beat the windmill. Was the Matador Gundam the one you... Yeah, yeah I just okay. sent you that one. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just be quiet for like 30 seconds while you Google that and then come yeah. back. Yeah. So just like appreciate that because then we like, we are going to get into like a pretty sort of silly but sometimes serious discussion because Gundam is a piece of media with quite a dichotomy of tone, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could say in that it has these very silly robots and then also tells these very serious stories of war. That's That's an interesting thing to have to grapple with and have to like kind of understand your relationship with this, with the thing because of that. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is a complicated topic with a lot of sociological and historical implications that we are not equipped to deal with. So mostly we're going to talk about giant robots, but yeah. but in general, you know, it, it, uh, definitely a complicated topic to talk about. Yeah, and, and we kind of get into that like thing of like that staying power of a piece of media that has affected you in a significant way of like it being something that does stick with you throughout your life, not just like one of those things that you look back on with like nostalgia, uh, but something that like, I mean, I, I would say grow with you but alongside you alongside you and and there's so much of a history of it that it's like you're going back to things that like you might not have experienced when it was coming out and and like that being an, an interesting thing to sort of have to or ha- that having to be something that affects your what's the word i'm looking for worldview yeah it affects your worldview in the present yeah and we do also talk a little bit about brand synergy which is making me think that uh we really ought to release a toy line for the podcast <laughs> what it would be i don't know either <laughs> we're gonna frantically uh write giant robots into this yeah into this interview podcast <laughs> but without further ado let's go to the conversation It's every every recording and every episode is different depending on like what the guest wants to make it. So okay, yeah. no rules, just right. <laughs> this is an out. This is we are the Outback Steakhouse of podcasting. What's the Bloomin' Onion of podcast? Oh God, uh, it's the <laughs> shoot. Is Munch Squad the Bloomin' Onion of podcasts? Ooh, maybe. Maybe hmm. it's like a, but maybe it's like a new dish. Maybe it's like a cored apple that's like sliced out like a bloomin' onion, but it's an apple and then you deep fry it. <laughs> and then you review it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Two out of five stars. There's too much vocal fry. Oh, vocal fry. Ah, deep fry. But thank you so much for taking this time to come on and talk uh, with us today. I'm so excited about your topic because I know nothing about it. So <laughs> Don't worry, because I, I give like anyone this whole spiel that i'm about to give you if they're ever like hey johnny what's up with gundam 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, you can like talk a little bit about like what you do and then introduce uh, what topic you brought to talk about today. Hi, my name is Johnny Aubrey. I currently live in Louisiana. Sometime in January, I'm going to be moving somewhere <laughs> because I'm going to be graduated from college. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear how well that's panning out currently <laughs> i draw a lot i animate whenever i'm also not in school because that's also hard but yeah mostly i've just been dying under capitalism you know man <laughs> uh okay and i'm gonna talk all about gundam because gundam is it's like it started in 1979 which is so long ago to me because that's if you reverse the the like I was born in 97, so it's... Is that 28 years older? Math is, math is no, also math dope. Are, that's, that's not right. 18. <laughs> 18. 18, yeah. All right, there we go. So Gundam is 18 years older than I am. So Gundam is 40 years old, and I have shirts from the 40th anniversary of Gundam. Four years ago, they made an anime, and you can tell that it was made 40 years ago, because <laughs> sometimes you could see, like, an edge of a panel, light kind of shifting in a weird way. All the blur effects and the, like, motion frames have that real brushed-on effect. The sound is, like, really wonky, but you love it. And all the animation in-betweens look most of them look bad, but it's fun, and it's really cool. And now Gundam's, like, has giant statues, and the anime is in 3D that looks like the robot's real, and it's cool. <laughs> How did you uh, initially get into Gundam? It was just one of those anime that played on, like, Toonami and Cartoon Network, and I think some were on Adult Swim, and then from that I read the book, and then I would watch more of the anime because the internet was getting bigger, and then it just spiraled out from there with the games, and my age also definitely helped because I think Gundam Wing was showing on Cartoon Network when I was three, and then they had another two Gundam every, like, two years after that in like 2002 2006 i was kind of at the perfect age where you would just be sitting down in front of the tv not thinking about much <laughs> and while gundam was having its like real big wave in america over the anime boys and the robots yeah it's funny because like i think every single wave of gundam missed me entirely like i never knew anyone who was into it i never like heard about it until i was older i don't know how i limboed under that one. <laughs> I think you had it. You had to hit Gundam Wing just right. I think that was the main one. Oh yeah, the, the biggest probably. But you had to be the right age, or else you either didn't know about it, or you did know about it and wished you didn't. Um, <laughs> I think you had to be you had to be the right sort of person to be excited about that. Yeah, Gundam Wing is like. I feel bad talking about the Gundam that I don't like because I'm just like, it's, yeah, it's all right, man. Like, eh. I don't even hate it. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. If, you, if that's your thing. That one and G Gundam, which is like, G Gundam, it's very cool if you're like a 13 or 12 year old boy and you want like a robot with a flaming hand to punch something real hard. <laughs> and like, even as a kid, I wasn't really into it. And I've just always been like, yeah, all right, man, if that's your thing. G, G Gundam was actually the only Gundam series that I've watched all of, which deeply offends people who are Gundam fans usually because it is not a great show. It's it's, it's pretty bad, it's but bad. it's like it's it's bad in kind of a joyful way. Exactly. <laughs> like if 
that's your hotness, man, get it. Look at the giant robots. They're very cool. <laughs> all the people are doing all the cool things, but just not in the exact, like, Gundam way. G Gundam and Gundam Wing and, like, all the Gundam shows that I don't like aren't really taking anything away from Gundam. And I like looking at the giant robots. So it's always just been all right. But, like... G Gundam fits into Gundam in a weird way because Gundam is, like, the deepest roots of, like, the original Gundam is that Yoshiyuki Tomino, who wanted to make a mecha anime that was categorically different from the popular mecha anime and focused more on how bad war is, all of the mecha anime before that was more like G Gundam and the robots were the only real big robots and they were fighting aliens or evil big robots and not like an evil big robot robot army like one evil robot that like came out of the sky like a power ranger kind of thing i think it's literally based on like he bases a lot of the smaller stories because the original gundam from 1979 there is probably a fight every episode but a lot of the episodes are also just like this crew that's basically made composed of like Teens and literal children in their giant spaceship ended up on one part of either the Earth or one of these weird space colonies. And they found a group of people <laughs> who faced some kind of horror of war and are now either misplaced or need some sort of help or defense. And then the giant principality army in their fancy uniforms comes through with their much cooler, fancier instruments of war and, like, just imposes this horrible... It feel, <clears throat> I feel weird talking about it because it is just kind of fascism, but it's also anime boys. <laughs> that I, and, I, and I like one of them, but it's so... The politics of it is very interesting because, like, the good guys in the other shows in all of Gundam, you'll see that they aren't really that good because... They they have this real capitalist bend that is kind of like America that you would see in World War II. It's this kind of ragtag, bundled together rebellion, even though they are the Federation now and the big object of power. Now they are also shown to be actually pretty bad. If you cut down to, oh, there are people who are living in slums and children working on mining colonies because war's real bad. <laughs> I don't know if that really, like, resonated with me as a child, or if I just like the robots, but every time I look back at it, it's very profound. <laughs> but also, this isn't good podcasting, but I have to find you a picture of the kids in Gundam because of how how they just don't fit into Gundam's, like, look of, oh, everything is bad <laughs> in war. Like, these are some super cute kids making like really goofy faces all the time and like you can really you, you can tell just by looking at like the still image <laughs> oh yeah these are gonna be some real 70s anime <laughs> yeah, giant mouths yeah. sharp teeth <laughs> <laughs> but like Tomino's also talking about how power is abused and so in the original Mobile Suit Gundam you have the two main powers you have the Federation which is the quote-unquote good guys with our main character Amuro Ray. he's he's like 13 I'll say 13 because he's supposed to be a teenager and he's re a real small boy and one of the few people who can pilot the Gundam because like so many anime only a kid can pilot the big robot and you know everybody else in the Federation they're important but if you don't know anything about Gundam, they're not important unless you decide to watch it. So on the other side, you have Zeon, who are basically... Okay, so like, a real short synopsis of why they're in a war is like... So people left the Earth and started living in these colony tubes as 
just like a giant spaceship and one of these and i think a few others that came under their control through alliances and just war decided actually we don't want to be a part of the earth's government since we're not really on the earth anymore we're in space and doing our own thing but in order to do that they decided to just go full separatist war and then you know that spins out into 15 years after the war starts is when the first Gundam show starts and I don't think anyone from Xeon would really like stick out to someone who hasn't seen it except for Char who is the guy with like the big helmet and the mask all the time and if he doesn't have that he has sunglasses because he's just so cool his mech is red because he's the cool guy and what were we talking about before I went off on my tangent about the... <laughs> I just, I never, I'm realizing now, I never realized Gundam had this much lore to it. Exactly. I, just, <laughs> I genuinely thought it was just like, I knew there was an anime, and I knew yeah. that there were like models that like people would build, and mm-hmm. like, that's a big thing. But like, I had no idea that it was so intense. Gundam is so intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> and like, did my mom let me watch this? <laughs> When I was a kid, this is so bad. <laughs> but also, I love the little plastic toy models because one of them's a ball with arms and like a gun on his head. So like, and how long ago did you watch G Gundam? Uh, when it would have been on U.S. television. So whenever that was, which was probably longer ago than I would like to admit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, and it was just coincidence. I think, um, I think I was, I was rebellious about whatever was the hot cartoon on Toonami at the time that I wouldn't watch that, that I would watch whatever everybody else hated. So like when the Pokemon cartoon was on, I was watching Digimon instead and Monster Rancher. So, you know, I think, I think I would just intentionally try to buck whatever people said was good i'm not sure what that means about me as a person um but I, and i also knew some people who were pretty hardcore gundam fans i knew some who were into gundam wing and some who were older fans who who'd been fans of gundam since they were children and i had a friend who had a huge crush on on char um yeah. as i recall Same. <laughs> that was uh that was her guy so yeah i mean but it was sort of it was one of those things where i i kind of only got these little fragments of, of what was going on so like all oh, the character names are familiar and zeon is familiar um but i didn't really ever get the deep lore on on this story which i knew was was quite expansive yeah i don't know how much the like really harsh lore sticks nowadays among like phone games and video games so it's it's a real weird dichotomy with gundam because right now like the two shows one of them is like so kids can build their gundam models and have them fight in like a little basically a beyblade arena but it makes the gundam models come (laughs) to life which is sick but the other gundam anime they're making right now is like is called iron-blooded orphans (laughs) and about children from a mining colony slash base i think form their own like trading organization because the adults that they were working under were horrible slave driving adults and naturally a lot of bad stuff happens in that that anime and it's really weird to look at both the things at the same time yeah it's kind of like the there are two types of people but it's there are two types of anime (laughs) yeah So, so which show or what iteration of Gundam was your favorite? Like, is there one that, that clicked with you the most? I think 
It's between three. Three very similar ones, but also pretty different. Like, my main one that I'll always talk about is just the original 0079 Mobile Suit Gundam, because it just has all the stuff I want from Gundam, and that old look. And they made, like, compilation movies, so it was just easy peasy to watch anytime. And then a second one, it's probably tied for first with Mobile Suit Gundam, is Mobile Suit Gundam 0080, War in the Pocket, which takes place the the first Gundam takes place in 0079 of the Universal Century because it's a sci-fi and the year after 0079 you have War in the Pocket which is instead of I think the original Gundam is like 46 episodes maybe 40 something War in the Pocket is like six and it's basically about like it's like a real close look into one thing happening during the original Gundam where two brothers, I think, that like robots as toys are really seriously affected by the effects of this war that occurs in mainline Gundam. And it's just so sad and I can't watch it as much as I watch regular Gundam because it doesn't have, it doesn't like take any time with dealing with how sad something is over a whole episode because it has the time it just gets straight to bad thing happens bad thing happens bad thing happens because it's just the story of a whole year over six episodes and then it a kind of fun twist is this third one called turn a gundam where the gundam has a mustache <laughs> and it comes out of the moon <laughs> It has the same kind of, like, this is pretty serious Gundam feel because it's, like, people from Earth went to space to live in space to see if it was habitable for people from Earth. But then they decided, actually, we like it up here more, so we're going to rebel against people on Earth. And the people on Earth, actually, I don't know if it's Earth, but they are living a weird kind of feudal society. So they have, like, swords and biplanes and carriages and also a giant robot. And it's just kind of that same original Gundam, like, there are really bad things happening, but also you have some really nice character building moments. And it's centered around this princess of some kingdom on, I think, Earth. I'm going to keep saying Earth. If anyone who really likes Gundam comes for me in my mentions, I swear to Christ. I will say I'm sorry because you're a bigger nerd than I am. And... <laughs> You're not going to duel them with a no, robot? No, no, I'm done. I got to tap out. I got I to gotta graduate. I can't watch Turn A Gundam. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, like, it's this princess and this guy who was one of the rebels in space. And it's really cute. And, like, in one of the episodes, he, like, cross-dresses and it's handled pretty well. And I went back and checked this, like last year because someone was bringing up what are some things that do like men dressing as women but not as a joke and i was like oh this is this is really nice i thought it was okay and it was actually very like you know what is gender what are we all doing here man there's a giant robot space <laughs> the human spirit <laughs> anime so i'm curious i don't know how to phrase this question the thing i'm getting is that there seems to be sort of this very weird dichotomy with gundam of like sometimes it's like really serious and sometimes it's like let's talk about the horrors of war and like how that affects people <laughs> And then other times it's like, robot comes from moon. <laughs> okay, but like, robot comes from moon can be really serious. I'm still like, robot horrors of war next to, we make the toys fight next to like, okay, I'm going to harp on we make the toys fight a little bit more sure. because like, <laughs> you know what the bear guy robots look like in Gundam? <laughs> 
Uh, no, but I'm super into that idea. Oh, you can guess from what it sounds like. It's a oh man, they're very cute, and it's like sorry, I have to Google bear robot Gundam. Oh, I, oh, oh I sent the picture. Oh, yeah, oh, that's God. a that is a bear. This is in the. <laughs> oh, my it, in the We Fight bow? Toys Gundam, they have very fun, like, it's shaped it's like a bear, a and it shoots lasers out of it because we're playing with toys. It has a bow <laughs> on the back! Right? But in the other Gundam, it's, like, called Iron-Blooded Orphans. Yeah, so, like, is this sort of, like, contrast of medium within the anime itself, is this something that you, in other shows you watch, or other, like, games you play, is that, like, something that you encounter a lot and you, like, are drawn to? Or is this the only thing that you enjoy that really has that kind of weird contrast in it. Okay, so I have to say right now that my brain has been poisoned by media. (laughs) And I'll give anything a shot, honestly. For some reason, I'm still watching Riverdale. (laughs) When just the concept when I heard of it was, who would want to watch that? (laughs) Archie comics? Dark? (laughs) Couldn't be me. And here I am with opinions about Jughead. (laughs) One of my other things that would have been was Riverdale for a second and then I realized I don't want to talk about Riverdale and have people talk to me about Riverdale because there's one part. (laughs) And then you've brought it up. You've cursed yourself. Exactly. No, okay. I was led to it. Archie says that the problem with someone in prison is that they have never tasted the sweet victory of high school football (laughs) in this private prison made for high schoolers (laughs) by Archie's girlfriend's dad. (laughs) In one of the seasons they play D&D, but it's an ARG where people get murdered. So they're a couple of seasons away from giant robots is what you're saying. There's gonna be a Gundam season of Riverdale or Sabrina the Teenage Witch where Salem turns into a giant robot like a Zoid. (laughs) Either way, I'm gonna watch it. I will tell you how it is. I honestly will give anything a fair shake of like, all right, I'll I'll press play and if I don't like it, I'll stop watching it. And more often than not, I'll just keep watching it because I, what else am I doing? <laughs> and then like the next season, I'll decide eh, or whatever it becomes too out of my way to watch the next one. It's weird chewing on that because Gun- I think I feel like Gundam's the only one that gives me as harsh of a dichotomy between things because like other things, maybe like... Um, hmm. It's funny, the only thing that's coming to mind for me, and it's only because of it's the contrast of the advertising and the media, is like Evangelion, which is basically just like, here's really dark, really philosophical anime about war and kids in war, basically. Uh, and we're gonna use that to advertise chick razors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or coffee. <laughs> Evangelion... <sighs> I'm also a real sucker for Evangelion, even though I can uh, I can talk for hours about how it's really great and also bad, and also yeah. how I like it, and also how I hate everyone that likes it, <laughs> including myself. Oh, man. <laughs> Evangelion's a podcasting nightmare, <laughs> because it just sounds like depression. <laughs> Like, oh man. I feel like anime's been doing that a lot lately, in that it has very dark things, but all the merchandise is very cute. Yeah, there seems to be a really close tie in in Japanese popular culture between whatever the thing is that you're doing and being able to sell the merchandise. Like, I I think that they, I mean, and we we did have that for a while in America, but I think, honestly, we weren't very good at it, because I think we didn't, we got the toys, sort of, but then I think we didn't understand that the advertising for the toys, like the vehicle for them, had to be more more 
interesting than the toys instead of less, which I think uh, Japan has managed to do quite well, that they, in some ways, like, I think it's a strength that they have, that they can distill something really complicated down to a really simple toy. Like, wasn't there a, a like, a super deformed Gundam animation? Yeah. <laughs> like, just to sell the little super yeah. deformed robot toys? A lot of people really like those. But, like, the real, like, rough part about that is that the Western side of that is we got Funko Pops. <laughs> and <laughs> brands are like, yeah, yeah. we like the weird cube people and we're gonna stick to that brand because they cost like two dollars to make let's get those babies off quick fill up the target and just move on to the next property merchandise in japan like they really they're really selling the stuff and i mean cartoons are good some tv shows depending on who makes it can be good but like i don't i can't think of a western media thing that really can handle that the dichotomy of we're gonna really just wade through the swamp of how bad war is alongside hate but also please buy the plastic version of the robot that you can put together and then pose <laughs> next to your potted plants i i don't know that there there's really any comparative american or western property in general like also in terms of just staying power like do you feel like i mean you can't answer for japan in general but maybe you can answer for yourself in your life like what do you think it is about gundam that it has such staying power and that it's able to keep being renewed and and like doing new versions of it and new toys and people are still interested i think it's because gundam at its like core is very flat as an idea because the mobile suits themselves are basically just tomino and the mecha designers taking the idea of okay we're gonna have tanks but it'll be a different thing and well you know also all the technology like we have spaceships space colonies and that's like the backdrop but all the stories are just kind of war stories but also the kind of human connection stories that we have present all the things so you can basically just like throw any kind of story you want at gundam and it'll probably stick if you can like aim it right it's less like a mold you have to fit exactly and more like you just kind of play around with the gundam 2 in there you just kind of write in at the end of whatever story you want and then the gundam was there right. <laughs> and i think that just kind of that just kind of good like the flavor of gundam <laughs> I want to answer this question better because it's just... I think I really I really like that idea of it's a backdrop that you can use to tell different stories in. Yeah. And as long as the core of that story is good, it's going to elevate... It, it'll be able to work on that backdrop and elevate the backdrop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. No, you said that well. You did say that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that is what you said. <laughs> Good job, B. Now, like, do you go back, do you, like, like, you said you kind of, like, rewatch some of the series. Like, does your relationship with those, like, series that you rewatch change as you rewatch them? Or do you kind of still have that same feeling, that, like, same connection that you had with them when you, like, saw them initially? Like, is there sort of, like, a, like, a nostalgia effect with any of this? Or do you, like, take something new every time you rewatch it? It depends on the series. The ones that are really deep, every time I go back through it, it's like, so this is the emotion I'm dealing with this time. It kind of even changes depending on just on which episode, because they have those real weird dichotomies between this is a more fun episode where the gang is just kind of repairing things and being introspective in this bottle of the giant spaceship we have. Or this is a real sad episode where someone you know dies. And depending on that, I like... I get something new every time. It's weird how different it can be just during one rewatch of something. Because there's just a lot of Gundam. And you can you can even kind of feel, like, the cultural implications of whatever was going on. Not to a sanitized degree, but to a more, like, 
it's more of a top-down view instead of a, this is what we saw, and you're going to see that. I think the director, Tomino himself, even, like, he didn't give you the media or just anyone who's the audience for Gundam what you're supposed to get out of it. He was just like, it's just very clear. It's not, like, dressed up or anything. It's just there. So there's a, an important aspect of Gundam fandom that we have not discussed yet. So I have to ask you about it. Do you have models? Do you have Gunpla? <laughs> have you built the model Gundams? Of course. Who do you think I am? <laughs> to watch Gundam and not build the models is very valid. I will not judge anyone who watches Gundam but doesn't build the models. But sometimes you go to a place and you see the model there in the box while you're at like a Barnes & Noble killing some time just hanging out with a friend and you're like, you know, it's only $20. Well, what's that going to take? Like one afternoon? That's some podcast time? And I get something out of it? <laughs> and then you realize you spent about like over the years a couple hundred, which isn't bad, <laughs> but it's like a nice crafting hobby if you want a cool robot to look at. And I've given I've given about half of that away to people as I'm moving because, as you would guess, a plastic robot you made from a kit that costs like 30 bucks doesn't really hold up well in travel. Sure. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to like dabble into, like I know there's like custom like yeah. community and like stuff like that. Is that something you've ever wanted to dabble in or are you just like, no, I'll this is a hobby like you don't want to get into it any deeper if i had more money and more time yes but at its current level i'm happy with it just being a thing where i'm like maybe two or three times a year i'm like man i could put together a model kit of some robot and just having a nice chill afternoon or if i spend more money on one that's like fifty dollars maybe a three or four afternoons that at the end of you think you know maybe <laughs> This is taking up a little bit more time than I expected, but hey, I'm not complaining. I would like to, if that was very cheap also, hey, if anyone wants to give me money for uh, to build them a robot, <laughs> I don't know if that's something that anyone would want. I never thought about it, but that is one of those weird dream jobs that you would have if someone was just like, hey, if you could have a million dollars to do some random thing other than what you're doing now, what would it be? I would just like to build fancy, weird, custom Gundam, like diorama things for rich people <laughs> i know people do that on like well they don't do that specifically but like people will build gundams like on twitch and stuff like they'll just like stream themselves building gundams and i'm like i can see how that would be like very meditative like i've done like legos and stuff or like little tiny figures never anything like that involved but i can definitely see how that could be a quick like a slippery slope of oh, oh yeah. god i've spent a lot of money <laughs> oh, yeah. on building you know little little robots <laughs> on building little robots that you saw in the anime yeah. <laughs> it's a nice hobby if you don't if you don't slip on the slope because i think currently i have three unless i'm forgetting one that i have away in like my closet or something and like the combined value of the three is probably like 70 bucks and you know that was like somewhere between three to six afternoons of me just like getting home from work or school and being like i kind of just want to do that and watch like a show or like listen to a podcast and just kind of chilling yeah i think there's like a whole subsection of model building culture i think that just enjoys the little noise the plastic pieces make when you snap them out <laughs> the noises of making the gunplay it's so cool because you have your little like your little toolkit with like a file and like a little like 
it's kind of like a wire cutters but really tiny it's just called a nipper whenever you like pinch it together it just makes that weird little like snap noise that's kind of like the nintendo switch noise but a little bit less satisfying but still <laughs> extremely satisfying this is basically my version of like getting a new board game and wanting to punch all the pieces out yeah. of the cardboard <laughs> sheets like that's this it's, it's literally the same thing <laughs> my roommate spends his money on the board games and whenever he's like hey johnny you want to punch out a bunch of these cardboard things i'm like oh baby you know i do i love doing something random with my hands that makes a fun sound it's so interesting to me how varied this like gundam is like obviously it has a huge collectible base and then like as an anime it's had huge staying power it's like so interesting that it is such like a big like i feel like we haven't even like touched like the tip of the iceberg of like what a cultural phenomenon it is for you like how has this being like either watching the show or like the collecting or or the like building how has it grown throughout your life is this something that you come back to kind of in spurts or is this something that like has staying power in your own life too kind of is like i feel bad because i'm one of those people who's really like silence brand about literally (laughs) about any brand or idea like or i or capitalist thing trying to come from me and my wallet but like gundam is like kind of a part of my brain you know like how i think it was a psychiatrist figured out that we have like a part of our brain that recognizes pokemon i have the same thing but for giant robots and (laughs) specifically gundam's weird dichotomy of real sad stuff that also has like real fun things in it and like man giant robots sure are cool but man robots sure are horrible I realize all my politics kind of come from Gundam. <laughs> if you look at the exact thi- at, at me through the lens of oh, what does Gundam say about these various things? Is just oh, that's that's where you get that idea, huh, Johnny? Yeah, did you ever wander into any of the other giant robot genre shows, or are you really just kind of just Gundam? Like, did you did you watch some Macross, or I don't I don't know what else? Because Macross would be the other biggest one. Macross is like. The other really old mecha anime that I watch because it just has real cool, it has a real cool look about it. I watch a lot of shows with giant robots, but I'm also extremely critical anytime a giant robot show comes up because it has to compete with Gundam. Evangelion is one of the things that kind of shares that same sort of hold on my brain as Gundam, but it doesn't do it nearly as well. For Evangelion, it's a lot more, it's a lot, it's more artistic kind of. Like my brain is kind of chewing on it, but for Gundam, my brain is just like, yes, thank you. More of this. <laughs> the robots in Ava are more sort of metaphorical than tech. Yeah, I mean, I think like the Gundam Macross rivalry to the extent that there is one is sort of like a star wars star trek thing their sort of approach to that universe and their approach to the robots is very different yeah actually that's like that's kind of the thing like with gundam and also why it really has the staying power it's the quote-unquote real robot genre since it was the one that did it the best and you have other like real robot things that pop up like Battletech and that's kind of the only really big one I can think about and that kind of shows that like how strong Gundam did it because everyone else that tried to step up to it people would just say that's kind of boring it was very science 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 where Gundam was like yeah we have the machine but it's more about the other thing it's about the heart man and the tragedy of war dude 
Battletech is like, we got the big robot, you got to check the heat levels, you got to make sure you have the right weight loading so that the balance isn't off, and you don't have that same feeling. The explosions are in both, but <laughs> only Gundam has the explosions inside. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know if I can top that. I don't know if I can follow that up with anything. <laughs> I think I think I'm honestly I'm just sort of mentally trying to figure out like there were so many giant robot shows in the 1980s, some of which were really big in Japan, and none of them are really known now. Like they had some penetration into the U.S. market, mostly as part of Robotech. They never really got in there in the consciousness, and they didn't last like here or there. And I'm not really sure what made the difference with Gundam. So I don't, I don't think that's a question that I can ask you because I don't think you have the answer either. I'm Somebody does. Somebody has done giant robot history for their masters. It's funny coming as someone, I mean, I've never watched any of this, but I think it's one of those things where it's like, even if you have the explosions and you have the robots and you have the flash and the bang, you need to still be telling stories about people. And like, that is the connection that people have like to media is stories about like themselves or, or like about people they can empathize with. Like you can have the eye candy, but if you don't have that like meat at the center of it, like it's it's gonna I don't know maybe fade away quicker. I don't know. Maybe that's just that's just me pontificating about art. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think I think you, I think you can just kind of like since Gundam is like it's just appealing, <laughs> and you don't really remember the robot a lot or the fights as the whole thing because you also remember oh yeah there's my there's my guy in there he has a whole arc and I care about him and I hope he does the robot. Good. So typically what we ask is like, if you had to elevator pitch someone on, since Gundam is so big, maybe like your favorite series of Gundam, what would you say to like kind of convince them to be like, hey, maybe like give this thing a shot? It could be about the whole thing too, it, however you want to approach it. That's the weird thing about the elevator pitch for Gundam is that like, if you ask me, any day of the week, I will say, please give me a little bit of your time. Go watch the original Mobile Suit Gundam from 1979 and just look at how kind of weird it looks. And I hope you have a great time with it. But like, because of how wide Gundam is, like so many people have done the work of writing out if you like X kind of media, you would probably like this Gundam. If you like this kind of thing, you would probably like this Gundam because this one has the cute boys in it. <laughs> and the other one has the sad orphans Gundam. <laughs> it's a great tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Is that an elevator? <laughs> no, I think that works. It's that thing of like, there's a Gundam for you out there. You just need to find out which one you like. Yeah. So this is kind of the era of, for some reason, the Western world suddenly noticing that anime exists and that there were a lot of good stories and a lot of good world building and good design in in these shows uh, and trying to bring them over to the States. So I think, you know, you could say like maybe for some reason you're consulting on a film version of this for Netflix. Maybe maybe you've been asked to do a comic. If you were doing Gundam for the American market, do you have any idea like what kind of story you would want to tell or, or what your sort of jumping off point in the universe would be? I think like... So first off to say, I've never even, like, imagined, oh man, what if I could make a Gundam? But I would probably stick to the originals, like, this is kind of an ideal of political evil that is overreaching and isn't explicitly fascist, but they look fascist, while they're also doing things that are, because you can see them from the inside, they do kind of seem to just be this weird sort of constitutional monarchy that doesn't really have a strong emperor, but they just kind of believe in him because of military power. Because I do feel that is, it's more of an oligarchy once you get down to it, and a lot of 
real countries nowadays are falling into that trap. It's a really relevant message because of that. But also, I would have to compete with Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe you could do it. I, I yeah. think I think you could. Aww. Jeez. <laughs> well, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I've learned you. so much. <laughs> From the second I said, yeah, I'll be on this podcast, I have not stopped thinking about Gundam more than usual. <laughs> Which is very strange <laughs> because I like I looked up astrophysics to make sure <laughs> I knew because Gundam's so weird. Like I was at work today doing dishes and I finished dishes and I was like, wait, what's that one thing in Gundam that the engines do that makes all the things different? <laughs> and I and then I, my boss came to the back by the sinks and he was like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'm looking up a physics thing. It's uh for school. And he looked at my phone and was like, yeah, this is physics. What are you doing back here? <laughs> And, and actually, it was an equation from Gundam. I tricked it. <laughs> it's made up. It makes the robots move. Well, uh, where can people find you online? Um, anything you want to plug? Uh, this is your space, so feel free to use it. Uh, people can find me on Twitter, at Johnny Aubrey, and I don't really have anything big to plug because I'm still just on that college grind and <laughs> working for minimum wage in Louisiana. <laughs> I hope I'll have more like narrative stuff done later this year actually like i have ideas kicking around if i can actually sit down and get one out at least we didn't get you fired from your job for googling gundam physics oh oh yeah. don't worry it's not the first time i've been looking at robots on my phone and my boss <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or design a Gundam, theme it around the podcast, and then build it with your tiny tools and like tiny wire cutters. If you have a moment while you're building those models, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or whichever platform you like. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or you can have them over and you can listen to our episodes together while you build your tiny robot model. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy.